I am so excited to introduce to you the This Mom Loves Virtual Book Club. Do you feel like you need some motivation to read? You want to be able to discuss books, but it's hard to join a book club and have to make it to the meetings and be there at a certain time. You just want to be able to do something from the comfort of your own home and have somebody pick really good reading material for you. Then this is the place for you. It is a Facebook group. If you look it up online, it is the This Mom Loves Virtual Book Club in Facebook. Click to join and you will absolutely be admitted in. We're going to have one book each month, a huge range, nonfiction, fiction, some chiclet, some historical stuff, lots of different choices and discussion questions. It's not going to be stressful, no pop quizzes, just a chance for you to come on at your convenience, respond to things. If you go in now, you'll see there are announcements posted to the top of the group. The first one tells you kind of how things are going to run. And then the next one is a place for members to introduce themselves. So please do that too, if you should feel so inclined. Um, one thing that I have said is this isn't a place for someone who wants to just completely 100% lurk because we really do want some sort of engagement, but there's also not a pressure that you have to respond to every single question or that you have to be on Facebook every day or anything like that. It's supposed to be, you know, easy breezy, whatever works for you, but just a great place to meet some new people, have some intellectual stimulation, discuss some reading material and make some friends, have a good time. So look it up on Facebook, the This Mom Loves Virtual Book Club. Join us. Can't wait to have you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Mom Loves. I'm Kate Wynn. I am a kindergarten teacher, a blogger, a freelance writer, TV guest. I'm the mom of two girls and also a podcaster. And you are listening to episode 41 of the show. Today on This Mom Loves, in my favorite things segment, I'll be sharing a great suspense novel as well as a website that I found helpful with cooking. Yes, for real, cooking. In the lifestyle segment, I'm going to talk about some ways that you can be a great school parent because there have been so many parents right from our class the last few weeks that have given me some great examples of this that I would like to share them. And my special interview today is with Marcy Ian. And I want to tell you a little bit about Marcy right now before I... I suggest that you stick around for her interview. So Marcy, when I first, um, you know, got to know who she was, um, was working on Canada AM and I would watch it sometimes when I was home. And when I started doing interviews for my blog, This Mom Loves, which I started back in 2010, she was the first person that I emailed to pitch the idea of a mom interview, which is what I thought was such a clever uh, title for my interviews. And so I sent her an email and I mean, the way I worded it, I just assumed some member of her team would be reading it. So just, oh, I was wondering if Marcy could do an interview and whatever. And she wrote me back herself and said, sure. And I can still remember where I was sitting in what classroom um, at lunchtime, reading my emails and getting that message and thinking, oh my gosh, Marcy Ian is going to be on my blog. She was so wonderful to talk to. I mean, some people, when you interview them, you know, they're really short and sweet. Maybe it's because of time constraints or, or maybe they're not so comfortable being interviewed. But as a journalist, she was happy to open up about things and gave me some great material for my first mom interview. And really having that helped me then pitch a few more people and say, you know, for example, I've interviewed Marcy Ian from Canada AM. And, you know, that kind of thing does help. And so I really do give Marcy a lot of credit for launching 
you know, helping to launch a lot of the uh, the media things that I do. And years later, I ended up being interviewed by her. So I went on Canada AM actually one time to be part of a parenting panel. And then Canada AM ended up ending. Long story short, she is now a co-host on The Social, which is also on CTV. And before she went over there, I had gone for a behind the scenes um, right after the show started. And then I ended up coming back not too long after as a guest. And so I was a guest on The Social a few times and Marcy, uh, Marcy was there interviewing me most of those times. So things kind of, you know, go around in circles. And then when I started the podcast, I knew for sure I wanted to have her on. So it was actually in July, I recorded an interview with her and was mortified to realize after that there had been some audio issues. And despite my editor's very, very best efforts, oh, he tried and he, you know, got somebody else to help him try. And nope, there was no salvaging it. And I was, like I said, mortified. And so I had to go back to her and tell her and she was awesome about it. And she was leaving for holidays. So there was no way to redo it right then. And then once I started back into school, it's really hard because I only have certain times of the day that I can record, but we ended up making time for this. Um, I have a lovely colleague who switched prep times with me. And then my prep teacher was kind enough to, to make that change too. So I have so many people who support me and help me to make this show happen. And uh, Marcy's just so great. And I do hope that you will stick around for my interview with her coming in a few moments. And my favorite things today, I would like to recommend the book, Someone We Know by Sherry Lapina. It's a good suspense novel. So there's a murder and it's kind of, you know, all these different families in this community and things going on in marriages and things going on in the workplace and there's teens that aren't great and all sorts of stuff, friendships with the women in a book club and all of that. And so you think maybe you know who murdered the woman and then as it goes on, you think, no, now I really know who murdered her. And then you kind of go back and forth. So she does a really good job of, of not giving everything away and, and sort of keeping it open with a ton of different suspects. And um, I was definitely surprised by the time I got to the end, which is always good. So that's Someone We Know by Sherry Lapina. The other thing I want to recommend today is a great website. So if you know me, you know I don't love to cook. And that's something I'm very self-deprecating about. I always make jokes about that. I don't think I'm a horrible cook. It's just I don't do it because A, I don't want to. And B, I'm not a real foodie. I'm a really picky eater. I don't like a lot of fruits and veggies. There's, you know, my palate is kind of limited. So I think that's why I don't get a whole ton of joy out of cooking and don't do a lot of it. I kind of still eat like a child, which is great because my daughters and I can eat the same things. But anyway, I can cook. And a few weeks ago, I decided to cook um, a roast chicken, which I know is not a hard thing to do, but it's always tricky for me with timing. I mean, you go buy things that are in recipes and you're just not sure. So I Googled and found a great calculator. So it's, I'll put the link in the show notes um, at thismumloves.ca slash podcasts and then click on episode 41, but it's um, at the BBC website, bbc.co.uk, and you can look for their roast calculator. So what you do is you click on the type of roast it is, and they even have little silhouettes of the animals in case you're not sure just by the words. So you click on that, and um, you can input the weight right there, 
and it will tell you what to do. And so with the chicken, it gave me great information about, you know, how to start off with the higher heat and then when to move to the lower heat, what temperature it should be at when I pull it out of the oven, how long to leave it rest before carving it. And honestly, it turned out absolutely perfectly. When we do things like roasts and steaks at our house, we really like medium rare. And so I think this is going to be handy too, because sometimes we end up overcooking you know, because we don't want like rare or completely uncooked meat, but then you end up going too far the other way. And then once you do, you're out of luck. So I think this will be really helpful that way. And then with something like chicken, obviously for safety's sake, you have to cook it to a certain standard. So um, yes, I was very impressed with how that one turned out. So it's um, on the BBC website, but I will link to it in the show notes. And as promised in the lifestyle segment today, I want to share some specific examples of ways that you can be a great school parent. Our school community is so amazing. Um, every year we have awesome parents, we really do. I'm just finding this year so much support and so much kindness. And I'm going to be um, as general as I can to not give anybody's identity away, but I'm actually going to share some specific scenarios just so, uh, so you can see. So one way to be um, a great school parent is to be calm. So I received an email one morning from a mom and her child had had nightmares the night before. And the mom told me that it was, you know, related to a certain topic and the child had said that we were learning about it in school. If we really had been learning about it in school, the parent would have had every right to be concerned because it really wouldn't have been appropriate, especially in a kindergarten class. But the mom just said, oh, I was wondering if you could just let me know what it is that you've been learning about so we can talk to our child and make sure they're not scared. And I'm just going to say they so nobody knows whether it was a male or a female child. And I mean, I double checked with my ECE partner to make sure I wasn't missing anything. And then even though it was a weekend, I was happy to reply back to the parent to say, no, this is not at all anything we've been talking about at school. You might want to double check with her. Perhaps it was another child that, you know, shared some of these scary stories with her out of our earshot. And um, she ended up kind of getting to the bottom of it. And I think that's what happened. But she didn't, you know, come right out, uh, right out of the gates. Like, I can't believe you're talking about such and such at school, which sometimes parents can do because they believe their child, child automatically and they think it's ridiculous and they just kind of want to want to get that point across, but this mom was so calm about it. And so we ended up, I replied back to her. She got to the bottom of it, worked it all out. So that, um, that can really help. Another way to be a great school parent is to be kind. And I have one little girl in the class who was having some um, bathroom accidents and needing some changes of clothes. And a couple of times she didn't have enough. And so we borrowed from somebody else. And then I had to let those parents know that we kind of borrowed some clothes and that, you know, wasn't sure when they'd come back and could they send something else in for their child. I had to contact three parents and all three of them were amazing, emailing me back and saying, oh, no problem. We'll send something else in. And, you know, they said, we don't care. Even if our clothes come back, let us know if you need to send anything else extra in for another child or whatever. So, so great because parents could have said, what the heck were you doing loaning out my child's clothes? You know, they'd have every right that wasn't, you know, really my place to do that. But you just try to problem solve on the go, right? When a child needs clothing, they need clothing. So again, so kind, so compassionate. Another example is being supportive. So I emailed a parent to say that their child had had a bit of difficulty at school that day, a bit of aggression with someone, and that they'd had a consequence staying in for recess with me, and I just wanted to let them know. And the parent wrote me back and said, you know, so sorry to hear that. We've seen a bit of this at home. We were hoping it wouldn't cross over into school. We will talk to our child tonight. Definitely there will be a consequence at home too. 
I don't know if you realize how amazing that is. There was no, oh, my sweet precious child would never do anything like that. There was no question. I mean, I saw and heard what happened. So, I mean, hopefully you trust the teacher's story. But, you know, no denial, no excuses, no anything. Just we are supporting you. And that child is going to churn out the better for it, believe me. So those are three ways. Another thing I've noticed lately is just the support in terms of when something's needed, being able to volunteer or donate. And parents are all in different positions. I mean, I work during the day. The only time I ever could go on my child's class trip was when Eva was in grade two and I was actually her teacher. And we could do a whole other podcast episode about that. I should probably invite Eva on someday to tell you all how scarred she is by that experience. But, you know, parents who work during the day, they don't have the same opportunities necessarily. But I do have some who are able to volunteer, you know, parents who come, you know, on special occasions. We had a scientist in school workshop, which are amazing, by the way. Um, They're across the country. If your kids don't get scientists in school in, you need to look into this. I had, I think, six parents come in that day, which was so awesome. Field trip, same thing, lots of parents. I have a parent who volunteers weekly to come in and do some fine motor activities with the kids. I have another one who doesn't even have a child in my class anymore and did for a few years, but this year is still willing to come in and help. Um, And then even just sending things in, whether it's as simple as, okay, we're at a Kleenex, can you send some Kleenex in? Or we just had a Christmas, we call it a sale, but the kids don't need any money where we ask for garage sale kind of donations and then the kids get to shop for their family members and their grade eight buddies help them shop and help them wrap up their gifts and everything for Christmas. So people sending that sort of stuff in and maybe some people aren't in a financial position to do that. But again, you just do what you can. Um, so many different ways that you can support your child's teacher and support their education. And when your kid sees any of this, hears about any of this, it all just helps to seep in. They get the idea. Education's important. My parents work as a team with the grownups at school and it really is so, so beneficial for them. So kudos to all of those wonderful parents out there, especially those, um, parents in our class. And, um, yeah, and thank you so much. And hopefully you'll get some ideas from that as well. I'm so excited to introduce my guest this week. She is a TV host who you know from The Social on CTV, a businesswoman with Ian Lee Shoes, and a mother of two. Welcome, Marcy Ian. It's so great to chat with you, Kate. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm very well. Let's jump right in talking about those kids. How old are they now and what are they up to? Blaze is 15. She is in grade 10. I can't believe she's in high school. Uh, She's doing really, really well. It was a big transition. Um, we we moved, actually, uh, into an area to get her into this, this school, um, and she's doing fabulously well. It's a school that is great academically, but also um, puts a huge um, uh, uh, emphasis on the arts, and Blaze plays the saxophone, so wanted that mix for her. And she's doing really, really well. I can't believe she's in grade 10. I feel like I was just holding her in my arms the other day. And, you know, I remember my parents saying, time flies. You know, spend all the time you can. And I think, oh, yeah, sure. Now I see it and am living it. Um, Dash is eight years old. He's in grade three and living up to his name. He runs everywhere, uh, <laughs> does everything, asks all the questions. Uh, love it very, very much, and uh, they're doing they're doing really, really well. I'm um, I'm a happy mom right now. 
So let's move on to talk about your beloved Raptors. I mean, oh I think you're one of the biggest fans I know, so I have to ask you what last year's championship was like for you. Oh, my goodness. It was surreal. I, I've said my dad and I have sat in the seats for, um, you know, 20 years together. We've gone through the games through thick and thin. Uh, but to experience last year was unbelievable. And to experience it together and cherry on top, uh, I was assigned to be one of the reporters that covered the parade. So it was amazing. I mean, as a reporter and a fan, uh, the two worlds came together, and I was able to be part of that day and talk to the players and uh, did an interview with Messiah Jury and others. It was it was amazing. I, it, it still, I mean, we, and I say we, meaning uh, the people that I sit with, we're in a little section, and we've been together for a while, still can't believe it. We say to each other, even this year, this season, can you believe it happened? <laughs> because it still feels, it still feels extraordinary, but it did. And uh, the team is just great, and they continue to be great. They're strong. I mean, we yeah. lost Kawhi Leonard, and, you know, we all know that story, but uh, without Kawhi, we're, we're not doing too badly at all. Now, many listeners will remember you from Canada AM, and now, of course, you are a co-host on The Social. How is The Social different from being on Canada AM? It's so different. Being uh, in news, and that was, was part of, uh, you know, that Canada AM was in the news division, uh, it was about other people. It was interviewing other people and listening to their stories and presenting stories. On The Social, it's about presenting our own stories. And so that has been the biggest transition where I am opening up about my life, about my opinions, about my family, about personal struggles, about personal triumphs. And these are things that I never really talked about before. But the reason the show works, the reason the social works so well is that all of us, you know, all of my co-hosts, we do the same thing. Things get personal. You know, I've, I've talked about um, miscarrying on the show. I've talked about, um, you know, struggles as a, as a black woman navigating this industry. I've talked about, you know, growing up. I've talked about friendships. I've talked about all sorts of things, relationships. And so it's a very, very personal experience, and that's the biggest difference. And how do you decide, or is it hard to decide, how personal or opinionated to get on the show, especially coming from that news background? It isn't even a decision, Kate. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, when I decided to do this show, I knew what it was, and I accepted it. And so it isn't even a matter of, well, am I going to do this? Or I just, you know, we talk freely. We do. Um, nothing, is, nothing is scripted. We speak from the heart. And, you know, that doesn't mean that sometimes I think maybe I've spoken too much, <laughs> I've overshared, but we speak from the heart. So, you know, the brakes aren't generally on. <laughs> They're not. Yeah. We just kind of go. And being so open like that, I think maybe opens you up to even more negativity than when yeah. you were doing more of the factual kind of reporting. So how do you handle the negativity that comes with a role like this? It's difficult sometimes. Um, you know, I speak a lot from experience and with that experience you know um, the fact that I'm a black woman mm -hmm. uh, is is part of that it's, it's all of that because this is the lens that I'm looking through 
And when you speak to things like race um, and speak to things like inequality, that rounds feathers. Um, that, that, you know, means that conversations won't always be comfortable. But that's what opinion is. And that's not to say that it isn't hard when people, you know, um, tweet or they, um, you know, post an Instagram message and, and they're not liking what I'm saying or they're tired of me talking about race, which mm-hmm. is something that people say, yeah. um, talking about blackness, which is something that people say. But I'm open to it because I'm, I think it's important to have these conversations. And so I'm willing to do that. I think it's important to do that. Uh, and frankly, you know, for my daughter and other young people coming up, it's very important for me to lead these kinds of conversations. And so it's not easy, but I know what I'm in for. I know what I'm in for. And, um, you know, if you follow my social media, you know also that I do respond. Mm-hmm. And so there are there's a lot of back and forth sometimes, but I do respond. I respond respectfully, but I I hold my own. I hold my ground. And I'm curious to know if you feel that you've had more pushback or limitations in your career because of your color or because of your gender. I think is a combination. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there are women's issues, and then there are you know issues regarding women of color. I can't say. This is the problem, right? I can't say, hey, this is, I was discriminated against. Mm-hmm. All I can tell you is, you know, looking at my career, I think it took longer for me to get to where I am now. I think it took a longer time. Uh, I don't think things came to me um, as quickly. And I, I don't want to discount, you know, the careers of others. But I think it took a longer time for me to, to, to get to this place. And I'm far from done. <laughs> so it's hard to say, well, absolutely it's race. Absolutely, absolutely it's this. But it has to play some sort of role. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. Uh, I've, I've seen um, people with a lot less talent get a lot farther, a lot quicker. Right. And what advice do you have for um, anyone, really, but women maybe especially wanting to break into the TV broadcasting world? It really is about perseverance. A lot of people fall to the wayside, and this is not an industry for the faint of heart. It really isn't. There's so many times where I thought, am I even cut out for this? Can I even endure this? Can I get back up for the 10th time and keep trying? But it does pay off if you do. You really have to be clear about your intentions and be willing to take chances, take risks, and put yourself out there. And also ask for what you want. It is the, it is the biggest piece of advice that I give to young people coming up um, to ask. Because the most that people can say is no, but what if they say yes? Mm-hmm. You know, it, to ask and and not put themselves in a box and think, well, I'm only this age, so I've got to wait my turn. No, no. I mean, in some instances, maybe, uh, but 
you know, ask. And I, I find young people are so creative, and they have to be because it's such a tough industry, and there aren't a ton of jobs. And so there are people that are doing, you know, what we're doing right now. They've created podcasts, and they are getting their ideas across that way, or blogs. Uh, but really, it's just keep moving forward. If you can, find a mentor that's doing what you're doing and ask for advice, or what you want to do, rather, and ask for advice along the way, but to push forward. Because it's the, you know, so many fall by the wayside. That's why there aren't a lot of people doing this job. Mm-hmm. But those that are doing it, you know, they have really stuck to their journey, no matter what. Let's move on to your side hustle now. Mm-hmm. So Ian Lee is your gorgeous line of shoes with your friend Diane Lee Clemens. And of course, I am the proud owner of a pair of Chantelles from your familiar you so collection. Support. I really appreciate it. Now, it seems like a lot of TV personalities do have these side hustles now. Why did you go with shoes? I love shoes. I, I do. They are um, they are hand in hand, I think, with, with, with my personality. They go, I often, I, I buy shoes sometimes before I even buy an outfit. <laughs> Some people will buy an outfit and then look for shoes. I buy the shoes first and then plan the outfit around the shoes. Yeah. So they, you know, shoes are just something that have always made me really happy. And Diane feels the same way. And so, you know, for a long time, I've wanted to do something. Uh, I really thought now was the time. And when Diane approached and said, hey, I've got this idea. And what do you think? It just worked. You know, sometimes, Things come together at the right time, at the right moment, and with the right person. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of dove head first and have had to learn along the way. But that's what entrepreneurs do. And so we are now, you know, onto our third collection. Mm-hmm. And um, it, all of the shoes were inspired by a trip that we took to Milan last year. We went to uh, a show there and saw different shoes and the different styles that were coming out. And uh, we now have a collection that we're really proud of, really, really proud of, and reflects, it reflects very well our style. Well, I'm coveting the blaze boots from this <laughs> new line, but you've got some accessories in there too. We do. We decided to um, design some knapsacks and we did, you know, black and, and kind of almost like a new butt color. And then we have a clutch that we love a lot. It's leather and quilted, and it's got uh, a little um, a leopard head um, on the front as a clasp, and it's it's beautiful, just reflective of us. You know, Guy and I, we're both in our 50s now, and uh, we've got a lot of spunk, <laughs> and we're, we're, you know, a little bit, well, a lot of bit funky. Guy's a singer. She's a performer. So there is very much a, a performance um, kind of aspect to our line as well. And there's this, you know, over-the-knee pair of silver sparkly boots yes. that, are, <laughs> that, that are quite wonderful. But we just think that this collection, um, more so than, than the other two, and we love the other two, but this one really um, gets us, really resonates and shows people who we are. And I know there are a lot of moms out there either running their own businesses or thinking about running their own businesses. What have been your highs and lows so far in this uh, this project? We um, we were going through um, some middle people, <clears throat> excuse me, um, who were going to the shows 
that we went to last year and then would bring back ideas to us. And one of the big lessons was we've got to be there. We've got to be there to meet the people, meet the factory owners that we're going to be dealing with. We want them to know who we are and what we're about. And we want to uh, be one-on-one with these people. And so that's one of the biggest lessons. Like, we got to go. Yes, it's in Italy, but we got to go. So, so we went, and we were able to do just that and do business uh, overseas that way because they met us. Uh, they were very clear, very clear about our intentions, what we wanted to design, and it's important to do that. Um, also, just the little things, you know, who our market is. We have asked for feedback from people that have bought it. What do you want to see? What did you like? What didn't you like? What didn't you like? What did you like? We've tried to incorporate incorporate all of those things into our new line. Uh, and the lines before, uh, the first collection we did, the Sahara collection, were heels. Mm-hmm. And then we heard from people, you know, love the heels, but can't really wear them all the time. You know, were you thinking about doing something more comfortable? And that's exactly what we did with our next collection, the Familia collection. And as a kindergarten teacher, I appreciated being able to get some flats. That's right. <laughs> So flats, you know, with a with a little bit of bling on those flats, yep. and, and then uh, we had the dash, which is our bestseller, mm-hmm. and it's like an athletic booty. So we've been able to incorporate uh, what people have told us along the way, and listening is so important. I think the most important thing in this entrepreneurial journey to listen to what your customers want, and because that may not always—that's the other thing—that may not always be our style, right? We want to put a lot of ourselves in there, but we also want to really listen to what our customers want and make sure we're delivering on that as well. Now, you mentioned being in your 50s. Now, that was a milestone I know you just hit last summer. So how did you feel about that and how did you celebrate? So excited. Yeah. I mean, I really look forward to 50. I just feel like I've come into my own, you know? Um, And there's a comfort level reaching that age, went away with family to celebrate, um, to, was away uh, in Mexico for my actual birthday, the day. But there's also the lead up, you know, mm-hmm. did a trip to Vegas with my uh, girlfriends from the social, yeah. um, went to London at the beginning of the year to visit a friend there. This has been the year of 50, <laughs> basically. <laughs> basically. It's been the year of 50, just celebrating and doing different things, making sure that I spent time with, you know, friends I hadn't seen in a while and wanted to see, just reconnecting. It's just been that kind of vibe. And I've loved every second of it. I've not ever felt more comfortable in my own skin. That's so great to hear. So the last question I always ask my guests is if they have a This Mom Loves or a favorite thing to share that listeners might want to check out. So maybe an app or a book you've read recently, a beauty product, anything that you'd like to share. Oh my goodness. Um, there's so many things. Okay. <laughs> so the first thing, the first thing that I would love to share is what mornings look like now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about, and it makes it a little hard, but setting an intention or just taking some time. We are all so very busy. And so when that alarm clock goes off, it usually means jumping out of bed and racing and, you know, maybe getting breakfast done and kids and, 
and everything else and taking care of everyone else. And because it's so busy, it's so very important to, even if it's two or three minutes, to take just a little bit of time to breathe and take it for yourself. And that's what I do now. I get up, and whether it is, you know, reading um, a little bit of maybe a book that I'm reading, thinking about the day ahead and just kind of settling myself or setting an intention, saying something like, you know, today is going to be extraordinary or saying, you know, um, make sure to, to love yourself today, treat yourself well today, because by doing so, then you'll be prepared to offer empathy to others. Kindness first to self is important. Mm -hmm. And it's a small thing, but a big thing. I take a moment before I get out of bed every day now. Take a moment just to breathe and then go forward. And you don't have to get out of bed quite as early as you used to. I don't. <laughs> so I can do that now at 7 instead of 2 a.m. Well, thank you so much. I will have links to follow Marcy Ian and Ian Lee. And of course, you can catch Marcy every day on the social on CTV. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much, Kate. Always appreciate you. Have a great day. And that's a wrap for this episode of This Mom Loves. If you are looking for me on social media, you can find me at This Mom Loves on Facebook and Twitter at Kate This Mom Loves on Instagram. And my website is thismomloves.ca. There's the blog, there's TV segments, there's um, interviews, there's links to published articles. All that stuff is uh, there to be found in one place. And this is the last episode of 2019. So wishing you all uh, happy holidays and happy new year. Thank you for being here. If you would like to give me any kind of Christmas present, you could go to wherever you listen to podcasts, especially in iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and rate the show. Just one little click to give it a certain number of stars. You don't have to type out anything in a review. If, um, if you're really pressed for time, or you can just type a quick one-liner, what you like about the show, so, um, so meaningful to me. And I just want to leave you with one of my favorite little quotes from A Christmas Carol. It's actually something that I got my mom to put on a sign for me. She started doing some sign making in her retirement from teaching. And I wanted something nice and clean and simple to put on a certain wall once I got my Christmas decorations up. And so I got her to put tidings of comfort and joy. And so I hope that this holiday season brings you both, brings you comfort as you need it and also brings you joy because that's something that that we could all use more of. Until next time. <laughs>